Good? Everybody good? I want you to turn to Romans chapter 1. We are out of Jesus the Christ. We are no longer in Jesus the Christ. We no longer... That might be the best endorsement of a series I've ever had in my life. Like, for real. It's one thing to like, cheer, yeah, we liked it. Uh, but for you to boo me because I said we're done with it. Um, <laughs> let me reevaluate. Just give me a second. Uh, we are going to talk about Jesus. I'm not telling you we're done talking about Jesus. I'm just telling you we're out of that series, most of which are online. It was one of my favorite series to ever preach, and I would love for you to jump into that because if we want to see Jesus on every street and every heart, we need to see Jesus first, right? And it's important for us to actually know who Jesus is. And the, the, the letter of Colossians to the people of Colossae, that was the letter all about who Jesus is in the midst of who everybody else was telling them he was. And how many of you know we got people telling us who Jesus is? We need to be able to say back who Jesus is, and uh, we need to know. I feel like I'm introducing a series I'm not in. And um, uh, so Romans chapter 1. We're going to hang out there for a minute. We're, uh, we've got, obviously got a few special guests uh, here in the next few weeks. You'll also hear from Pastor Scott. Uh, you'll hear from Pastor Meredith. Uh, some local talent, in-house talent uh, that we've got. And I love that we are a church that has many voices. Uh, really, we've been in a season where I've been preaching most of these Sundays. And uh, I, I, I love preaching. I think it's great. But I do not think I'm the only one who has worthwhile things to say. And uh, I believe a church is doing its job when we've got many people who want to talk about Jesus. Amen? And so we are all about that. And as we expand, as we launch new locations and those things happen uh, in neighborhood churches, what we really want is to make sure we have many voices speaking the same thing. And so um, I'm really excited to hear that, hear from them, and it's going to be good. All right, Romans chapter 1. Let me read this to you. We're going to talk about faith today. Everybody say faith. Seems to be a pretty important topic. The writer of Hebrews says you can't please God without it. Um, so it sounds like a big deal. I'm not going to preach out of Hebrews 11.1, 1, which some of you know why I'm even saying that. But Hebrews 11 talks a lot about faith. In fact, the book of Hebrews speaks much of faith. Uh, but I'm not going to Hebrews 11.1 1 today. I'm not actually even going to define faith for you necessarily today. Uh, we love to define it in culture as just a belief system uh, or an ideal way of looking at the world. Uh, faith for us in the Christian worldview is not really about uh, an idea but about a person. Uh, it is about belief, and the reality of it is the Bible never really separated those things. So James, the reason he's hitting on faith and works is not to condemn you for your works, but to remind you that faith should cause a reaction. And so faith was never disconnected from action. It was always, if I believe this, I'm going to act like it. If I believe this, it's going to cause something to happen in my life. You with me? Yeah. And so for, for too many of us, we separate those two things. I, yeah, I have faith. Yeah, well, until it becomes something that causes something to move and shift in your life, not to perfection, but just into motion, uh, it's not really faith yet. And we want to be a people who have a faith that causes us to at least lean in. For some of you, faith looks like coming to church once or twice, right, just to get into that place. For some of you, it's opening your Bible. For some of you, it's getting around the table with some people. For some of you, it's praying like you've never prayed before. For some of you, it's just it's those steps that we take, steps of faith. Today, I want to talk to you about the fellowship of faith. The fellowship of faith, and Paul talks about it here in Romans chapter 1. So I'm going to read it with you. We're going to read a few verses. I just felt like we could have hung out in one, just a few, but I like to read. I'd like to make sure you are hooked up on Sunday for your daily Bible reading, which I know all of you are incredibly faithful in. All right, Romans chapter 1. You didn't laugh, so I'm just assuming you're either one worried that someone's going to judge you if you do, 
or two, you just are really good at it. <laughs> Verse 1. This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news, so he's kind of setting you up, the good news, the good news, the good news, is about his son. So that's the Jesus the Christ series. Christ is not his last name, it's his title, right? It is about his son. The good, if you ever hear a good news that is not about Jesus, it's not good news. At some point, it's going to be tough news, hard news, burdensome news, difficult news, legalistic news. You need it to be good news. The only way you can keep it is good news is if you keep it focused on Jesus. The good news. Come on now. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ... Through the Savior, through the Anointed One, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them, so that they will believe and obey, believe and obey, bringing glory to His name. And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. Now, if you don't know what Gentiles means, it just simply means you were not a Jew. Because up until this point, really, up until Jesus showed up, there was a lot of talk about Israel, the chosen people. And so it was kind of Jewish uh, people were the only people in, 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 many, view, in many people's view that, that God had chosen, that God loved. Um, and, and now you see portions of the Old Testament where you realize that that's not fully true. Um, but, but that's kind of the, the nature of this kind of environment. And Jesus says, where Paul is saying, hey, Gentiles, anyone who's not a Jew, Jesus loves. And I've called to tell you that. I, I'm called to let you know that this is good news for you too. And so here he goes. He goes, I long to visit. He actually says, one of the things I always know. I'm way off, y'all. And you are included. I'm here. Here we go. I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. May God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, give you grace and peace. So he just gave you seven verses on the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and that when you catch the good news of Jesus, he gives you a calling and anointing to do something only you can do, and there's a purpose behind it, and that is about the Son. Okay, now he gets into verse 8. This is where we want to go. He's going to begin to talk about this word faith. Let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. That'd be pretty cool, right? You get a letter, hey, I'm hearing all over the world that people are talking about your faith. I don't know, maybe we should shoot for that. Everybody's talking about the faith of C3 Fort Worth. It's incredible. The faith that's happening in Fort Worth in general through all the churches, something's happening there and people are talking about it. I want to be a part of that. God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night I bring you and your friends in prayer to God, whom I serve with all my heart by spreading the good news about his son. One of the things I always pray for. Anybody got some always pray for things? Yeah, yeah. You got some I, I always pray for this. Uh, there's some things we don't always pray for, but then there's some things we always pray for. And that's one of the things Paul's saying here that I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long, I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. Now, here's where I want to hang out today. When we get together... When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. Yeah. 
when we get together, I want to be encouraged. I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. This is Paul talking about other people. Paul, right? The writer of much of the New Testament, the one who took the gospel into other places, the one who planted churches, the one that we really owe a lot of things to, Paul is saying that I want to come to Rome and this faith I'm hearing about, I want to be encouraged by your faith. And I want to encourage your faith. It's a good verse. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you so much for today. I thank you that you can speak to our hearts. I pray that you would uh, take out all the stuff that doesn't need to be remembered and, and really plant and solidify the things that do. Holy Spirit, speak to every person as a person, whatever they're going through and whatever they're dealing with, and then connect them to the people. And let us be a people who know Jesus and know each other, and that when we get together, we are encouraged in our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Did any of you guys have uh, those friends that now, maybe later on in life, you say, if you see him, you say something like, man, when we got together, when we hung out, or like just seeing them, you remember moments and decisions you made. Just seeing them, you're like, oh, I'm just having flashbacks. I had that last night. I had one of my best friends who we don't get to hang out very much anymore. Uh, but every time I see him, I just am reminded of poor decisions, <laughs> right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? We, there were a certain group of friends that would come to my house, and my mom would go, oh, man. Oh, i got to call my husband. I'm just depressed now. Uh, I, better get, I, better, I better put pillows everywhere because someone's going to get hurt, you know. I better get the first aid kit out. I better remind my neighbors, hey, you know, just showed up. Um, just, just guard your kids and make sure no one's walking on the street and... And then there were other friends that when they came over, my mom would just, oh, I love you. You're amazing. You know, you'd get those two friends together, and one friend would go, man, your mom is awesome. And the other friend would be like, what? She does not like me. And I would just be like, hey, well, y'all should figure that out. It, it, there's, there's those kind of friends. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When we get together, we would either make really great decisions or we would make very poor decisions. And what I found is it was never really their fault. I think we tend to make it our friend's fault, right? But what happens is we get in certain groups and they draw out of us certain parts of ourselves. That's why identity is such a core issue. Because if you're not sure of who you are, you will allow other people to define that for you. And, and Paul is here, he's saying, when we get together, I want to encourage your faith and I want you to, I want you to encourage mine. Which is kind of a tall task. Like if Billy Graham showed up, now he passed away recently, but, but if he'd showed up in this church and got, hey, I want y'all to encourage my faith, I'd be like, oh, shoot. Um, you know, John, Jesus loves you. Right? Like I don't know what I would even say. But that's what I love about Paul. It's what I love about the gospel. When I keep it focused on his son, it really isn't about what I can uh, come up with, what I can, what I can articulate. It's not even about what I can make up in the moment. It is about the Savior of the world who loved me and died for me. And if I could just be reminded of that on a regular basis when I show up on a Sunday morning with you, then I'll be better. And when we get together, we should begin to make decisions that look different than they looked before. When we get together, when we get around the fellowship 
of faith. And I know fellowship is not a word that you all talk about. Like, hey, babe, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to go fellowship. Yeah, my friends and I, fellowship time. In fact, I made an event on Facebook of fellowship with friends, and it's going to be fantastic. Um, we don't do that. We don't use that word. But the word kind of comes from this idea that we would be fellows in the same ship. We would get in a place, confine ourselves in a place, and we would go on this journey together as fellows, as friends, and we would be in it, and we are not getting out unless we want to swim. We've, we are staying in the boat together. And so Paul's, Paul's trying to get to this idea that who are you in the boat with? The fellowship of faith. This is what the church should look like. In fact, I have an incredible movie illustration for you today. I don't do movie illustrations very often because they got to be good. And this one just so happens to be one of my favorite movies of all time. I do not care that it was made for like 14-year-olds. I think it's a great movie. And it's, uh, do you get, anybody remember? Well, you know what? Maybe I should just show you. I'm just going to show you because I want to see your faces and see who likes it and who doesn't and who I need to kick out of our church. Um, but I just want to show you this clip because I think this, maybe, just maybe, this is what uh, the church should kind of look like. And I'll set it up and uh, afterwards I'll kind of explain it. But let's just watch this for a minute. Hey, I was going to let him roll the whole movie. Um, strong side! I said that all the time. I said to my son, you know, strong side! And he gets, has to get back up. Left side. <laughs> now, the, the, the context of this movie uh, is, is the civil rights movement. And this school had, it was the first school to have been integrated. Uh, so young white men and young black men on the same football field for the first time. And they were trying to figure out what that looked like. And those two guys that were yelling at each other, shouting at each other, uh, at the, at, up until that moment were not together. And so you see, and I love the, the Christian version of trash talk in that movie. It's fantastic. Um, and, 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 and here they are uh, challenging one another. Hey, I'm with you, strong side, left side. I know we've got some past. I know we've still got some things to figure out. I know it's not looked good up until this point, but we're about to face some things, and I'm not willing to continue down this road of just being frustrated and angry and offended and mad about certain things. I, I need to get to a place where I'm with you, and I believe in, and, and, man, remember the Titans? Come on, y'all need to go watch it. Strong side, y'all. I, I want to be a person who, when I walk in the door of this place, when I sit with you at a table for dinner parties, when I hang out with you for coffee, or when we grab dinner, or when we're, we, we just see each other out, out on the street, we, we will look at one another, and we can encourage one another in our faith. Because the reality of this idea of fellowship of faith, that there is another fellowship you could be a part of. There is another fellowship you can either decide to join or just allow yourself to become part of, and it's this idea of the fellowship of fear. Because faith and fear are the same thing. They're believing that what you cannot see will come to pass. You know, there's this study recently that for many of us, we worry about things. How many of you worry? Anybody worry? Anybody worry? And they study, and there's two different studies, and both of them, in fact, I'll give the, the lower number, but 85% of the things we worry about never happen. And of the 15% of the things that do, right, 
over 70% of the people said we realized then that we could actually handle it. One study said 92% of things that we worry about never happen. Some of you are like, oh, that is true. The thing I've worried about for the last three weeks. And for many of us, fear can get a hold of our life, especially if we get around people who are worrisome, anxious. And I'm not telling you that you can't ever worry. I'm telling you that Paul speaks of the idea that even when you do worry, take that out insert prayer, get some thanksgiving in your life. In fact, Meredith and I were having a discussion last night about some financial things, and we're talking about this, and well, that's still got to be paid, and, I, and then we go, but wait, remember that it was going to be like a hundred times more than that, and something happened, and God showed up, and now it's like way cheaper than it had been, and we need to get thankful again because God showed up. Listen, here's what we want. We want to be a people who when we show up around one another, we are encouraged. And my definition of encouragement is to put courage in someone. My definition of encouragement is to put courage in someone. I want people to walk in. And I don't want you to walk in thinking you better have your faith together. I want you to walk in believing that someone else will and that when you sit next to them or shake their hand or worship with them or share a meal with them, your faith would be encouraged. But it does kind of put some emphasis on us being willing to bring some faith to the table. Because we could get around people, and some of us are those people, and some of, or many of us, probably all of us, at one time or another, have some fear that we kind of throw on some other people. We invite people onto this boat, right? This fellowship of fear, of worrying about what's to come, worrying about what's going to happen. Worrying about the next step and the next thing and what's going to go on and why this is going to go on. Why this is going to happen. And we get fearful of what could happen. We get fearful of what might go on. Because fear will paralyze you. Fear will shut you down. Fear will make you think that you cannot step forward because that's just going to be bad. That's just going to go poorly. Faith, on the other hand, is meant to be something that you keeps your eyes on the future, keeps your eyes on what's to come, keeps your eyes on what Jesus has already done so that you can walk into what he wants to do. What does it look like for this church to be a place where when, they, when people walk into it, when people step into this area, into this space on a Sunday morning to be encouraged in their faith? What would it look like if we all walked in every Sunday and we, we just, in our hearts, we said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage someone in their faith today. I'm gonna, now listen, I'm going to expect other people to encourage me as well, but, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk in with some, with some faith. And remember, this is not this idea that somehow you've got to manufacture something. It is just your idea that we would look back at what Jesus has already done so that we can look ahead at what he wants to do. See, it, it's interesting how faith is both Past, present, and future. Right? Doesn't the Bible say this in Hebrews 13? That Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Isn't that the idea? That, now, here's what we get confused on this verse. 
Too many times we think that means God does it the same way yesterday, today, and forever. But the reality of that verse is that he loves you the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is faithful to you yesterday, today, and forever. It might not look like it looks like for somebody else. It might not look like what it looked like for you 10 years ago. But he is there. His heart towards you has never changed. His desire for you will never change. His want for you is going to remain. He is faithful through it all. Yesterday, and, and, here's, and here's why this is important, because my son, I've got two boys, one of which Mayor had to go, you know, take care of, and actually he's not, I don't, he's just out now, he's, but you're in here. Okay, we'll figure it out. And um, we've, got a, we've got an amazing church of people that just love one another, love our kids. I just want to tell you from Meredith and I, we love you, we are so thankful to be a part of this family. Anyway, so we, we, uh, uh, we, we have two boys, and I've got a two-year-old and a uh, four-year-old he's going to turn five in July and I'm just going to tell you just like just now if if someone said hey he's still crying uh and he's like 18 I'm not going to get him if my son calls me at 25 and says dad can you come can you come in my room because I'm scared of the dark or if he he he, he, I'm not going to pick him up and and swing him to sleep when he's you know 16. Why? Because he's older. And for some of us, too many times we want God to do for us what, what, what he did for us when we were two. You're not two anymore. You, you, in fact, Hebrews, again, I know I'm going back to Hebrews a bunch. But Hebrews actually tells us, that hey, let's move on from the elementary things of repentance, faith toward God, resurrection of the dead, talks about some elementary things. What he's not saying is get away from it. He's saying it's elementary. You should graduate and build on top of it. Don't, don't get to a place where you've forgotten what it is, but also don't get to a place where you stay stuck in doubting it and frustrated by it and wondering about it. Fix your mind on who Jesus is and allow that faith to continue to grow because you need to graduate to the next thing God has for you. Graduate to the next deal that God's doing in you. Graduate to the, because at some point he's going to do something in your life that at two you would not have understood. But as you've continued to mature in Christ, as Colossians say, as you learn to know your creator because it is a process of knowing him, that as you do that, you, you, you will begin to see some things work in your life, and he will do something a little bit different for you at 18, at 25, at 37. He will still be there to comfort you. He will still be there to talk to you. He will still forgive you when you go through some stuff. He will stand by you when things get difficult. He will still be the rock you can build upon, but please move on to building. Because he's got something for you. He's got a house for you. And you know what's amazing about that scripture? And I know there's other things that Paul talks about, certain ways you should live. But it's all based upon what's inward, not outward. Jesus, and, and, and as, as, as they talk about Jesus, the rock, there's no, um, there's no blueprint for the house. It's just the foundation. Now, I know later on there's some ways to do it. But, but you get to build your house. And as long as you keep it on Jesus, you can add as many rooms as you want. You can put, like... Because you know who Jesus is, and you stand upon him, and you know what he will support, and what he's for, and what he desires, and as you learn him, and as you know him. And that's where our faith is built, and too often, way too often, we forget to look back at the cross, and the resurrection of Jesus, and see our faith in that moment, and can bring it back into the present, and build our, put, plant our feet upon him, and then begin to build our house for the future. 
But so many times, the reason for that is not because it's not in there, but it's because we haven't gotten around the friends of faith to bring it out. When we get together, I want to look back 10 years from now and say, man, do you remember when we used to get together at Botanic Garden? Do you remember that? God, we, we did some crazy stuff. We, 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 we just like said, we leave things about our future and we said things about stuff and we, we just believe we we're going to have multiple places and we we're going to build that. We, like, we were crazy. Why would we even think that? Because when we get together, when we get together, our faith is encouraged. When we get together, we stand upon the rock of Jesus. So when we get together, when you walked in here, whatever you brought in, you ain't walking out with it because you're standing next to some people and sitting next to some people that believe that Jesus is for you and he loves you. And you get to hear an amazing woman like Talisha get up here and encourage you that in the middle of your desert, there's some water for you. And you, you, you get to hear some worship leaders like Kev and Alyssa get up here and lead you into the presence of God. And then you get to see this good-looking man tell you about the Bible and talk about Jesus. And, and next week with Samuel's here and 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 and. And I, I, I just, listen, I don't know why y'all laughed. And, uh, but I believe Jesus wants us to gather, and when we get together, to be full of faith. What does it look like when someone calls you during the week and you pick up the phone? And I understand we got things we got to talk about and frustrations, and I get, all, I get all that. But what does it look like when someone picks up the phone and talks to you? Do they walk out of that phone call encouraged in their faith? Do they walk out of that, do they get done with that call or walk out of that coffee going, yeah, you know what, I got this. Strong side, left side, let's do this thing. I know we have a past, I know we have some stuff, I get it, but let's move forward. Because the reality of faith, here's the reality of faith, let me just say it like this. The reality of faith is that it is, it is our, our trust in his future faithfulness. Faith is our trust in his future faithfulness. Do we believe that just as he's shown up in our past, and shown up in our present, he will show up in our future. Do we believe that he is actually faithful in the midst of everything we're going through and everything we're going to go through? Because at the end of the day, what we're believing is that Jesus is going to bring us into a place of health and wholeness, that, that heaven is a place of perfection and that we are going to be in the presence of God and new heaven and new earth and all these things. Do we, do we trust his future faithfulness? Because if we do, then we can walk into this space and we can encourage one another in our faith. And maybe some of us have a tough time with the future faithfulness of God. So some of us have a tough time with the, the where God is right now. And you need to get around some people. You need to get around some friends. You need to get around uh, with, with some, some people that love Jesus and, and are future faith people. And you don't have to look like them. Listen, here's what I think is so often we do. We pick the boat we're going to get in based upon the people that are in it because they look like, they wear, they own, they go to all these things. Now, what we need to base the boat we're going to get into, we need to base it upon what do they believe about the future? What do they believe about the Son of God? What do they believe about Jesus the Christ? Am I going to get on that boat? And while I might look like everything's good, and I might look like everything's okay, and I might, and they might even, we are sitting there basing every decision upon who will accept us if we do this, and who will do this if I do that, and who will get mad if I do that, who will... 
Who will determine my worth based on this decision? Who will? No, get off that boat. Some of us have been hanging out on this anxiety-ridden, worry, fearful boat for way too long. And I'm not just saying you've got to get new friends. I think we talk about that a lot. Well, you've got to get new friends. I, I understand that. What you need to do is get around some people, even if they ain't your friends yet, and decide that you're going to hear some people speak. Because the Bible says that faith comes by what? Hearing the word of God. And too often we put all of that on make sure we're reading our Bible. I think that's true. But you know what I also need? I need some people who will walk into my life and say, you know what the Bible says? Hey, you know what God says? Hey, you know what, what's going to happen? You know what God wants for you? You know what God desires for you? You know, I was just reading the other day in Colossians. I was just reading the other day in Romans. I was just reading the other day. Man, God hit me so hard with this, and I just thought you should know that. In fact, this very week, Meredith and I got a text message from somebody. In fact, I posted on my Instagram stories, and if you didn't see it, then I'm hurt and offended. But I got this text message this week while Meredith and I are in the midst of big decisions and just thinking about things. And I got this text and it said, hey, I just I got in my car today and I heard this song and I immediately thought of C3 and I immediately just had this sense. And I don't know exactly how this works yet. I'm still figuring this out. But I just had this real strong sense that something big is about to happen at C3 Fort Worth. And I was like, I believe that. I receive that. I'm going to I'm going to hang out on your ship. I'm going to hang out on that boat. I'm going, to, I'm going to spend some time there. And I'm going to put myself in it. And then we're going to go off the shore. Because I don't want to even have the option of getting off this boat. See, I think so many times we are casual about the fellowship. We are casual about the boats and the ships and the places we hang out. Too many times we are casual about who we get around. We need to get around some people that even if we aren't always friends, even if we don't always like hanging out with each other, we know that we can come to a place where we are going to be encouraged. We are going to be faith-filled. We are going to walk out encouraged in our faith because that is what the church should look like when we get together when we get together when c3 fort worth gets together when dinner parties get together when we grab a coffee together there is something about my faith that goes to a new place let that be our testimony let that be our story let that be mine and yours and ours that we would be a people where the faith of god rises up in us when we spend time together so what, where are you hanging out? What ship are you on? What boat have you decided to spend time in? There was a quote that said, I, my life is filled with so many tragedies, most of which never happened. What's the idea? We so often worry and wonder and we, we get fearful. I say this all the time. You know, all the things I worry about all the things I get frustrated about, all the things I'm mad about, whether I'm mad about them or not, are either still there or fake. They're not real. It doesn't change anything. The only thing that changes is my attitude towards them. Faith, faith in the midst of, faith walking through something, faith, the willingness to stand together and be together. So what ship are you hanging out on? What ship are we going to be yeah. as a church? What are we going to do as a church to share the good news of Jesus? Because it is good news that is about Jesus. Are people walking in here today encouraged? Are you encouraging someone in their faith? Someone else being encouraged by our faith? Where are you hanging out? For some of you today, it's the day to get off 
the fear. Get off the fear boat. Get off the fear ship. Whichever thing you want to say. It's time to get out of that and move on over to a place where you're around some people and just around some thinking that's based upon the good news of Jesus and get to a place where faith in his future faithfulness because he will never leave you nor forsake you. You don't have to have it all together. You just need to get on the boat. You don't even need to know how to work a sail or row an oar or anything. Just get on the boat. Get on the boat and trust that God's going to work this thing out as you spend some time with people of faith. Lord, I thank you so much for today. God, I thank you that you are who you say you are. God, I thank you that I don't have to stay where I was or deal with what I dealt with. I don't have to continue to think the way I thought. I don't have to stay on a boat that says you can't be, you won't be, you haven't been. God, I don't have to hang out in a place that still tries to justify me or validate me or accept me based upon my greatness, based upon my success, based upon my actions, but that I can get into a place that has already set me free, where I'm alive in Christ, where who I am, my real life is wrapped up in Jesus. And I'm no longer basing my future upon my own past, but I'm basing my future upon what you've done in the past, brought it into the present, and now I live every step by faith, knowing that you are with me, that you are for me, that you'll never leave me. And God, there are some of us in this place, whether we've ever given our life to you, whether we've ever surrendered ourselves to you or not. Today we're making the decision that I I need to get together. I need to get together with some people who will encourage me in my faith, and at some point, I will encourage them in theirs. I need to get out of this fear place. I need to get out of the fellowship of fear. I need to get into the fellowship of faith. I need to get to a place by trusting in you that would take me out of a place of anxiety and worry, take me into a place of prayer and faith and power and strength. So whether you've made that decision in the past or not, or maybe you've just in the last several weeks, months, or even the last couple years, you've allowed the fellowship of fear to drive your, your, your words, they drive your decisions. You're doing things because you're worried that something might happen rather than trusting God and stepping into some dreams and desires and passions, stepping into the fullness of his love and grace and mercy towards you. I want to just ask today, for those of us who need to be encouraged in their faith. You need to be encouraged in your faith. You need to get off the fellowship of fear. You need to get out of the fellowship of fear. And you need to get into the fellowship of faith. And it may not fix everything like immediately. It may not work everything out right away. But it will begin to work a new thing in you. Because as you hear it. And as you're exposed to it, and as you walk it out, you will walk into a place of faith. You will slowly, maybe, maybe for some of you quickly, you'll walk into a place of faith. And all of a sudden, now your faith is encouraging someone else's faith. And so don't get on this boat thinking you've got to have it all together. Get on this boat because you want to move into a place of faith. So you need to get some people who are in a place of faith and be encouraged in your faith. Because you've got something to add to the conversation. You've got something to add to the fellowship. You've got something in you that is important for me and for us. And God desires it for your life. If that's you and you say, you know what, I need to get out 
and off of the fellowship of fear. And I need to start walking back into the fellowship of faith. I want to make C3 Fort Worth a place where faith rises in people. If that's you this morning, you say, yeah, yeah, I, I, I've been on that boat for way, way, way too long. I need to come into a new place. I need to get into a new place. I don't have it all figured out, and I don't even fully understand why there's something in me right now that says this is a decision for me to make, but I know it is, and I'm going to step into it with some courage and boldness and trust and surrender to who Jesus is. If that's you today, and you say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going into the fellowship of faith. If that's you today, would you right now just raise your hand in the air? I want to pray with you. Anybody here, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else to say, man, I, thank you so much. Anybody else to say, that's me. I, I want to move into the fellowship of faith. Anyone else? We're going to pray in just a moment. Would you stand up? We're going to pray and we're going to sing. God, I thank you for those who raised their hand. God, I thank you for who they are. I thank you that today they don't have to do this alone. God, we are not walking this faith journey by ourselves. We are not making these decisions on our own terms. We are walking with you and we're walking with others. And God, I pray that we would be a part of a fellowship of faith. We'd be a part of a group of people that when we get together, we would be encouraged in our faith. And it might mean that we have to take a step and call somebody or hang around a little bit longer after church or, or, or go to a dinner party or whatever it might be. God, I pray that we would take those steps so that we could get on the boat, get on the, uh, on the ship that allows us to walk in new life and a new hope, get rid of anxiety, get rid of worry, and walk in a place of prayer and power and trust in who you are. I thank you that your cross and resurrection gets rid of all of our stuff, and we can look at that as a place of faith so that we can walk into a new place of faith and continue to walk this thing out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give those people a round of applause. Isn't that amazing? Let's sing together. <laughs>